Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Take it's, two. Take two. Hey guys, we welcome our uh, special guest here. We tried to run the podcast about an hour or so ago. We published it and found out that the sound was awful. There was a lot the, of static. The lens cap was on. Yeah, <laughs> we, so we're going to have to redo it here. And Since we had a little static last time, we thought we'd we'd burn our own little static. That's a, that's a little different. Yeah, we got to re re uh, do a podcast you need a little extra equipment we'll say nothing like a pandemic to get you drinking <laughs> at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning uh, whoa in uh, in uh, what country is that what country do you think this is uh my good friend mike jarbo mike we tried this not too long ago happy to have you back we'll glad say. to be here thanks yeah, for having me absolutely it's uh thursday april 9th we've been sitting indoors mostly for almost a month now, and I know you are just absolutely itching to do anything outside. I've officially worn down my fingernails <laughs> from crawling at the walls. Yes. Oh, man. it's uh, That's what that sound was late at night. Um, quick introduction for my friend Mike here. He is a college baseball umpire, former professional umpire. We met way back in 2011, and we'll get to that in a second. Mike and I have been roommates for over three years now. Never convicted. <laughs> he served a three-year sentence, and uh, it's been extended. We uh, were roommates in the city of Covina, and now we live in Eastvale. Uh, we will not give your a- our address out for many reasons, but uh, Mike... We met way back in the spring of 2011, March, a magical time out Year in, of our Lord. <laughs> in the greater Phoenix area uh, at a magical land called Spring Training. So what can you tell me about meeting Matt Hersma in 2011, but also what it was like to be the crew chief of a spring training crew with very limited experience? <sighs> yeah, I will, I will say this. You've come a long way <laughs> uh, from the Matt I knew. In 2011, I no, it's you know we we were talking about it's a, it's a unique experience, right? If, if if no one's educated on the minor league spring training setup, it's uh, minor league baseball assigns five young um, minor league umpires to a uh, specific camp. Um, for example, we were assigned to the Los Angeles Dodgers camp. And we work their uh, spring training games, and so it's it's always a unique experience because you've got they 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 throw five guys that have never met together. Perfect storm, uh, and and you've got to coexist and, and learn from each other and and uh, experience the uh, the absolute blast that is spring training. Yes, and so um, what was unique to our experience. Or our situation at that was, uh, you know, normally the five guys, the, the experience level is is obviously spread out, but uh, usually um, there's a little more uh, experience than in our crew. We uh, the the second guy in command on our crew was only his second spring training, yes. and uh, the rest of the guys it was their first, so it was. Uh, Three rooks and a sophomore, basically, um, right? Be, un, you know, an understatement to say I was a little nervous. I was going to say, on the plane ride out there, you had talked to each of us over the phone, but you had never met us, and you had to be a little... No, it's funny. I, I actually did a little homework. I, I uh, 
did a little Facebook stalking on all of you guys. Oh. Just to see what I was going to be, <laughs> what kind of fire I was walking into. <laughs> and uh, that was interesting in itself. I'm not going to go into details of what I saw. But, uh, no, it, yeah, it, it's it's funny. It's it, it, We were all sitting around the the uh, the bar the first night, and you, you know, it's the usual go through the, where are you from, you know, and trying to get a feel for uh, everybody's personality and uh, kind of who you're dealing with, and uh, small world, we yeah. started talking, and uh, you were, where are you from, California, lived, yeah, yeah, we, the old uh, narrow it down thing, which right? part, Southern California, okay, yeah, LA, okay, where in LA, uh, Pasadena area, so Mike and we found out we were, Less than uh, 20 miles from each other. Yeah. La Crescenta. I lived in Glendora at the time. And, uh, you know, we we had that spring training in 2011. We had it again with the same exact crew in 2012, which was unique, right? Very, yeah, usually yeah. Uh, to um, encourage, you know, guys get to know each other. And every year they, they stick uh, different guys together. Yeah. So, uh to have the same five guys the following year was uh, it was a sequel unique <laughs> and also uh, it was nice to you know, the fun continued yeah and, and and to explain to people who haven't been there uh, to spring training number one if you're a fan you got to get out there see see what it's all about it's just one big fun gathering really for for the whole month but for umpires we work the minor league games on the backfields. Uh, Mike was privileged to to get some some game time uh, working in the on the big league diamond, work some big league games. While we were there, we went and watched him uh, work. And you're just around a, for a young umpire in the professional side of things. You're around a lot of really experienced umpires, double A, triple A guys, and even big league guys. You're hanging out, you're talking baseball, and it really kicks off uh, the season for everyone. But for a young umpire, it kicks off. It's the beginning of their career, which which for me, I was. It was only my third season in and my first spring training, and everyone gets to experience that, and you got to experience that uh, at some point also, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, uh, the, the, the term for it, but it's uh, the brotherhood fraternity, we call mm-hmm. it, but it's kind of the same thing. The, the older guys help the younger guys out mm-hmm. and show them what's expected uh, of, of the image of, that we want to portray, yes, on and off the field, on and off the field, and and, um, and give them a, a little piece of and and you know what what's expected to them mm-hmm. going forward, and um, and good and bad, right? So we we have a good, we have fun and and there's a lot of a lot of ball busting going on, yeah, and and, and, uh, and I don't want to get too far too much behind the scenes here, but there is a pecking order. There's a there's a there's a chain of command, if you will. You know, the AAA guys, they outrank the, the, the A-ball guys and therefore. And, and each crew has a way of doing things. And most crews have a, a, one fun thing I remember doing, which, which I wish we could still do today in some aspects, is, is a fining system. And it could be for anything. It could be you were the last guy to the van in the morning. Okay, it cost you a dollar. Okay, hey, you were, you were the guy... Uh, you you did something stupid on the field. You missed a rotation. Okay, it's a dollar. It could be anything. Yeah, we had a a, a kangaroo court. Yes, uh, for if, if you will, and and um, we'd all throw money, you know, for a little a little fining system for mistakes and and uh, 
little slip ups yeah, and here was, and there and, and both on the field and uh, socially off the field. Yeah. If you, if you uh, act like an idiot off the field and embarrassed uh, us as, as professionals, you'd get fined and, and, uh, it was it was all good fun. We you know we at the end of the spring training we'd take the the money and the kitty and we'd go out to a nice dinner and and um, look back over the two weeks we were there and mm-hmm. look back over summer camp yeah, and talk exactly. about and talk about the uh, interesting situations we had and the fun stuff and and uh, the not so fun stuff and and uh, <laughs> and also you know talk about going forward and and, mm-hmm. and you know. Kind of kicking off the season, if you will. And sometimes, I mean, even today, to this day, I will say, and some people won't even know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, man, that's a dollar. Like, someone, a friend, or you're just some stupid or whatever. Like, that's a dollar. Oh, no one else here gets it. But, yeah, that's a dollar. Because you should yeah, tell you that. Yeah, we, yeah, it was always, you know, if you if you, you always <laughs> kind of pick each other apart. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's a constant, uh, kind of give each other a hard time. And if, you know, it's... We're all perfectionists, right? Yeah. So it's always trying. <laughs> if, if you if you talk a lot about spring training to people, uh, almost none of it is is umpiring. Even though you're learning every day, you work some three man, some two man. You're learning from guys uh, who've done things. But there's also there are two things I remember that I know you do. Oh God, is <laughs> this going to incriminate me in any sense? It, it could be. Uh, it, it, there were two events we did. What is this podcast? All, all the <laughs> Still to to be determined, <laughs> but there was a dodgeball tournament. Yeah, we'd have fun stuff, and there was also a bowling a bowling tournament. And two aspects from me: uh, one, I did I I uh, I carried the team in one, and then another one, I was the last man standing. So why don't you tell talk about both? Oh my god, yeah. So <laughs> one dodgeball and one bowling situation. We'd have. Uh, kind of fun stuff at night because the game, the game, all the games were during the day. It would be one o'clock games. And we'd go out there, and, and so I, I don't know when it started over the years, but uh, somewhere along the way, somebody had the idea to kind of have these fun little events at night. Where and and the unique thing about Phoenix is you've got like half of Major League Baseball has their teams in Phoenix, and so everybody is within. All the complexes are within an hour of each other. Some even so, some within minutes of each other. So at night, um, everyone gets together and, and hangs out and, and socializes somewhere in Phoenix. Um, so somewhere along the way, somebody decided to kind of have some fun and, and create these these nights out where we go. Uh, everyone would meet at a bowling alley. We go bowling, and like Matt said, or or one. I don't know how it started, but somebody suggested dodgeball. Yeah, in their in their you know infinite wisdom. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, so somebody that lived in Phoenix uh, had a connection with some junior high or high school or something. We met at this gym. In fact, I don't think it was even a gym. It was like an auditorium, cafeteria or yeah, something. the yeah. cafeteria, something crazy. And we they got a hold of, and he he had some friends that were. Uh, this is this is my favorite part is is umpire it's all umpires and we couldn't we couldn't just do it on our own we had to yeah. have officials there we had to bring officials so <laughs> the guy that kind of organized it brought in his buddies who were 
minor league hockey referees. It was awesome. So, I mean, you had officials losing their minds on officials <laughs> over a meaningless... Over a sport that none of us were connected to. They were hockey guys. We were baseball guys. We were yelling at them. They are yelling back at us. And it was just like... Yeah. Umpires competing, I will say, was... Oh, it was vicious. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> And uh, man, I I we we went to the the championship in dodgeball. Didn't the one we? year, the one year we got made to the championship match, and uh, it, I'm not gonna tell the whole. It's a long story, but there, there ended up being three teams that in this crazy situation became tied, and it, and we it basically invented on. Excuse me. On the spot, invented this triangle death match uh, scenario. We ended up, you know, winning the whole thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we was we always had to have fun things to do, and it was and that was one of the uh, one of the more memorable was the bowling tournament that uh, we we won one the one year and. Uh, you carried us. We we all didn't show up. Played three games, and second game, I, and, I, I couldn't miss. Uh, yeah, Matt had the magic hand. I never had that before, Mike. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never forget you walking back <laughs> from throwing a clutch strike or a spare, whatever it was, and we're cheering, rallying around you, hugging you, and you're just staring at your hand as if it was... The gods reached down yes. in your hand and gave you a gift at that exact moment. I didn't want anyone to touch it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to breathe on it, it too was, hard. It, it was a magical moment. I, I yeah. was. I was. Uh, One I will never zone. forget. Oh yes, it was the, the the twenty best minutes of my life. It was magical. And then game three, I had nothing left. I think I bowled like a fifty or something. But I was just so spent. But uh, I yeah. Game, it was your Rudy moment. Game, it was. It was. Yeah. I, I got there and we carried you out of the bowling alley. And- <laughs> And I remember the dodge the, back to dodgeball. I was, you know, I was I was the last man standing. It was in the championship game, and they were going to beat us. And they got all of our more athletic guys out first, we'll say. And then I'm just the short, fat guy running around. Uh, and I dodged one, and then I got about I was on the ground, and I was about three or four guys come in all at once, like a mafia hit. Yeah, it was. And I won't say the guy's name, but. The, the head guy on the other team, the passion and hatred in his eyes, and he shouted at the top of his lungs. There was literally a vein, <laughs> you know, the vein that comes from your hairline down, and I, uh, he had, he, one that he had never seen, uh, down to his brow line. And he shouts at the top of his lungs, finish him! And I got hit by three or four balls at once. We lost. I la- The funniest part of all this, I later found out that this guy was like, had a track record of just being the nicest, the most being. conservative. Yeah, yeah was, led us all in yeah, prayer yeah, before. Just was, a, just a nice man, and his pregnant wife was there. Yeah, watching. he went from Mister Rogers to <laughs> yeah. like Mortal Kombat in uh, so that to me, two seconds. Yeah, so that to me was what was what uh, competition was doing to to umpires, and and it was just crazy. It was so much fun. Just memories like that, Mike. That. Oh yeah, uh, you know we're just a blast, and that was, like I said, we did that two consecutive March uh, springs and marches, and 
um, still talk to some of those guys. Uh, I lived with, we moved in together in 2017 or 16, no, 17. Yeah. And we lived together for been living together three years now. And it's been fun. And I, there's no way I would have, when we first met, thought that we'd not only become roommates, really good friends, but we'd also be doing a podcast in the middle of the day during a, a quarantine pandemic. Think about it. I haven't showered like in three days. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't even. I, I can't even imagine what I smell like. Just right letting now. it letting it breathe. Uh, you, you smell I'm drinking a, my cocktail at ten yeah. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I haven't showered. <laughs> smell like mostly Jack Daniels God. with a uh, with a hint of uh, maybe Captain Crunch uh, on the uh, on the sleeve. I don't know, but uh, no, it's been a pleasure, man. Not just working baseball together. We occasionally we get to work on the same college crew. Um, cause college, unlike uh, professional ball, you're not with the same crew all the time. You, you move around and work with different people, which is also fun. But when Mike and I get together and get to take a, a trip, uh, whether it's San Diego or San Luis, anywhere out of the state, it's, it's a blast, uh, for, for a few days and it takes me back to the old days that sure. we used to work. Right. Sure. So, uh, that being said, Mike, what do you, what is your, your, your feeling of, you worked professional baseball for, we'll call it 10 years, maybe a little more. Sure. Uh, then you, you transitioned into the college game after that. And at first, you didn't really want to do it. Then you, you after about a year off or so, you, you jump back in. You started working college ball. And you found out uh, a lot of uh, good things about it. And you've been doing college ball for, what do you say, about uh, eight years now? No, no about five. Uh, you know, five or six. Yeah, it's... Uh... I was obviously a little hesitant at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different game. It's it's uh, the professional game is such a marathon. You know, it, it uh, you play every night from from April until September, and it's and it's. Uh, I think you play. I think you. It's. Uh, what is it? One hundred and one hundred and forty games. One hundred and forty games and. Less than 150 days. Yeah, it's uh, it's a grind, and uh, where the college game is very seasonal, um, and uh, it's more of a sprint, and it's very competitive and, and uh, very intense, and uh, obviously with versus you know you know, professional versus collegiate athletes, student athletes. So uh, yeah, I was very hesitant to get in. Um, wasn't sure if I would transition. Um, to that environment well, but, uh, but once getting in, once I got in and, and got my feet wet, uh, and being around the guys again and, uh, seeing all the guys that have, that I was following, right. That have gone from professional to college and yeah. I'm getting to hang out with them and, and, uh, and getting to spend time with those guys and, and uh, sharing new experiences has been, uh, has been great. Yeah, that you talk about that first meeting. Uh, we have a January meeting usually, where all the conference conference staff meet up and we go over new rules and it's it you know it's a it's a long day but it's great to see everyone. And the first time you went to that meeting and you saw all the people. Yeah, I, even was, even when a friend of mine had convinced me to get to get into college baseball and 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 uh, you know it was it was. Huge because I realized that I still love doing this. Yes, I still love being outside on the field and and, and doing it. So uh, I wasn't ready to give it up. And 
was even then, even when I realized that and going to this, the annual NC2A meeting, I was still a little hesitant, <laughs> kind of tiptoeing into the room a little bit, if you will. And, 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 um, and I'm on eggshells and then walking in and, and seeing all the familiar faces, room is filled with, with how many guys would you say are in that room? Oh, I, I would say at least 300. Yeah. At least. But seeing all these, these old faces, mm-hmm. it was like a reunion and, 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 um, the hugs and hand pounds and, and just, <laughs> uh, and then obviously having a, um, some soda pop afterwards with, you know, um, and talking about old times and, yeah. and, uh, it was like, it was, it was like it never ended. Yeah. And here's something that most people will not know or understand about, uh, base college baseball umpiring out of the, I'm going to say the three major sports, football, basketball, baseball, it is the most unique in this aspect. Most, as far as the, the, the track, the, the the way to get to the NFL or get to the NBA, there's a track record. You work college football first. You work college basketball. You work some NBA D-League. You work some different NFL uh, preseason. But you work college first. For a lot of umpires, it's different. It's backwards. You go. It's a lot of guys that went through the professional ranks, worked their way. Most guys get into AAA or AA. Uh, not quite, you know, making the call to the big leagues. And then you go back into college ball. And that is so different from the other sports. And because of that, you get a ton of great umpires, especially on the West Coast, even guys with some big league time, Mike, which there's not many college football officials with NFL time. There's no, not many. No, you're right. You know it's what I mean? Interesting it's very situation. different. I, and, and I think because your window, it, it's such a specific window, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're going to spend it's 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 smaller now when i was coming through you spent 10 years in the minor leagues mm-hmm. and and by that time you had gotten enough experience so in order to spend 10 years learning the trade or the craft and then doing 20 years as a career at the major league level you have to look at the numbers, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 you, 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 when you do the math, you have to get in in your early 20s to mid 20s to do your 10 years. And then at that point, still be young enough to be able to do 20 years. Yes. At the highest level. So, yeah, it's, it's different. So I think that, let me ask you this. Do you think other sports could have that process? Same process. I do know this and, and I, it's correct me, you know, if I'm wrong or, or it may not be completely accurate, but I, I've worked all three, three of those sports. No, I know baseball is unique, right? With minor league baseball. It, just, so it is. No and other sport has yeah, that. Yeah. Size. But, I, yeah, and and I know when guys are working in the D League, it's the G, whatever it is now in the NBA. When they get to that point, they've worked a lot of Division One college basketball games to get to that point. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of them have. And then some of them are doing both at the same time because you're not working every single night. In, for instance, the G League or the D League, uh, there are times when you do, but you're also working 
some yeah. college basketball oh, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So and football, football's totally unique. It's a once a week sport. So much preparation goes into it. Um, a lot of the guys who were working this XFL recently, you know, those are guys. Honestly, some of them getting looks at by the NFL, and it gives the NFL an opportunity to look at you know, officials in a minor league type situation. Um, so I don't know if it could benefit or not. It's baseball. I tell my dad this all the time. Baseball is just different. It's yeah. a different animal. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know what I mean? I agree with that. So uh, it's just it's totally different. There are things that yes, we yes that uh, coincide, but I think you know you're right. It's different. Animal. And and on that note, I, I think you never played really football, basketball. You never officiated those sports. I have, you know, we talk all the time about officiating other sports, and and there's a mutual respect, big oh, time. Yeah, okay. But what do you see? Do you see anything that's kind of either weird or different from other officials, or other things you like in other sports with offic- officials? I mean, yeah, you know, we talk about this a lot. I. I... There's there's nothing but mutual respect for those guys in some of their sports. I, uh, especially uh, kind of speed the speed at which hockey is played. Uh, yeah, I, I always talk about. Uh, I always tell I we were in AAA. Uh, the Florida Marlins AAA team was in um, New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Thank you. So. Uh, and it was right next to the the uh, New Orleans Saints practice facility. So every year we would have a series there in August, and they'd have obviously have practices and their summer stuff going on, mm-hmm. coinciding while we have games. And they, and they coincidentally, their players, coaches, whatever would stay at our hotel where we were at down the road. And I'll never forget coming back from lunch every day, getting in the elevator, and then those guys are coming back from their morning workouts and stuff and getting in the elevator with those guys <laughs> and standing next to some of those guys. And, and, and th- those guys are a br- the different breed of the, human being. The player. Yeah. They are huge, massive. And, uh, and then when you think about them moving <laughs> and the speed, which that game is played and, and everything, I, you know, it's, I have nothing but mutual respect mm-hmm. now. So yeah, it's, <laughs> The one thing I I have issues with, and I guess we get a, a rap as umpires, is not taking any any shit. <laughs> um, but those guys take a lot of crap, man. Yeah, I mean they really do. Yeah, and, I, and that's that's where I, I I I just wish. And it's funny the sport where you do have a fifteen yard penalty flag, you do have. A technical foul in basketball. You have those tools. Baseball, we don't have that. I mean, a war. Okay, a warning. It's like telling a kid, "Hey, hey, don't do that." They're going to end up continuing or whatever. But you know what? There needs to be some form of penalty. I think, and and I think the reason baseball umpires are what are how they are is because we don't have that tool in the tool belt. Unfortunately, there's. There's either, you know, you either eject someone or yell at them or, you know, try to give you a little warning, but you got to manage a game. And until you've done that in that sport, it's tough to explain to people. You either get it or you don't type of a thing. So that's what I think. Yeah, no, it's, inter- it's, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I, uh, and the problem is what I see is 
people that watch the game on TV mm-hmm. don't see and don't hear the specifics of which these coaches, head coaches, managers are they don't see how the specifics of what the, that that guy is saying. Mm-hmm. And and psychologically what he's doing in in yelling and and whatever, yeah. Um, everyone on TV just sees mm-hmm. yelling. There's a there's a science to what they are doing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. As as there is in the way we respond. Correct. To to that right. So it's interesting to see now. And what the problem I think is is that everyone on TV now, you know, every super dad <laughs> who coaches their their child's yeah. team. Or sits in the stands, all they see is yelling. They, they what they see on TV, and, and they it's it's emulated. Mm-hmm. They feel like that's what you have to do. Yeah. You just have to yell, and you're you're not seeing the underlying situation. You don't know what's going on. You don't know the, the relationship they have with the official and head coach, mm-hmm. and, and and so it kind of bleeds into this. The underlying issue I see of happening, kind of the slow undertow of shortage of officials, because no one wants to go officiate. Yeah, there's a huge shortage at all levels, and um, without high school umpires, you can't have college umpires. Without youth umpires, you can't have high school umpires. It's just a trickle down, and you know, I think I get so we both do so angry at the media portrayal of officials, but it, but we see it a lot in baseball. Anytime, I swear, anytime there's an ejection, it's, oh man, that was a quick hook. Not having any idea what the guy said or how many, how long it has been being said. And another thing I hate is, oh, that guy never acts that way. He, he has, you know, everyone's an angel all of a sudden. So it's just the media portrayal is frustrating, but unfortunately that's, that's what comes with the territory when we sign up sure. and take the field. So, sure. um, it, it it is what it is, and and it's uh, you know there's there's perceptions of us that you will never change, um, and I like to echo your point. I have such a, a respect for other officials, having worked a couple different sports, and now being able to contribute in other ways to those sports, and it's fun. And guys talk to me, oh you're a ba- you're one of those. I always hear that oh you're one of those baseball guys. Guys tell me that, and I'm like, well yeah, but I'm a I'm an official. Like I I feel and and I think there's a natural fraternity within all of our uh, cells and in the various sure. the various sports we do so um real quick we, we just kind of went that direction with with baseball mike tell me about when you started maybe your first game early experiences what made you get into umpiring because you're a guy that naturally worked your way through the, the minor leagues and, and got to high levels but where did it all start for you what was the where the itch start i it's interesting i I just had it. I just had this kind of fascination with, you know, the rules of the game and 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 how they worked and, and the intricacies of them and and um, and I took it took a fa- my uncle recognizing uh, recognizing it mm-hmm. and he he actually umpired uh, youth ball in, in in the town where we lived. So it took him recognizing it and saying, calling me up on a Friday 
saying, hey, when I'll play our game tomorrow. And how old were you? I was 13. Wow. 12 or 13. And I'll never forget him coming over that night, bringing over uh, some very st- suspect, <laughs> suspect umpire <laughs> equipment that... Uh, yeah. Little, little thin yeah, on the little, body. It's a thin piece of leather <laughs> covering some very valuable cargo. But uh, <laughs> so, and 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 going out the first game and umpiring throwing me on the plate. Oh, yeah. And umpiring and umpiring a game and and getting yelled at by a dad and and uh, having him sweep in and handle it. And, Uncle and, Chief, Uncle, Uncle Chief, Chief. Chief, love it. And, uh, and watching that and, and then getting the itch mm-hmm. and, and then. Uh, do you remember how much you made that first game? I want to see, yeah, it was like 25 or 30. Oh, did you? As a kid, well, that, that's, that's a that's, lot. I felt like a drug dealer. I was like, <laughs> I, making, when you're 12 or 13, making $25 for a couple hours, and it was, they gave it to you every Friday or every, every couple yeah. of weeks, and, and I being flush with cash. Yeah. And, you know, I Walking just, around the playground, oh, just like, hey, yeah. who wants a soda? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Wheeling and dealing. Oh man, yeah, I remember seeing. You're going to pay me to be out here outside, yeah, watching a baseball game. Yeah, you don't need to do a paper route. You don't need to no. get a construction job or, or no. be a cashier at a wherever. Like, yeah, yeah making. Was, I remember that. I remember that thrill. Of just like they're going to pay me to do this. It wasn't very much, no. and I wouldn't do it for that much right now. But at the time, at the time, yeah, oh, you thought you were. I mean, and and that's why kids do it. I, I mean, I started about that age. And you're just like, wow, this is cool. And you're learning things. But so on that note, thinking back to when you were a kid, when you were starting, what is your thoughts on, on amateur baseball and amateur baseball umpiring right now? Because there is a shortage. Sure. But what do you think of the product? It, it's hard to get a – you just need bodies. So to say, oh, you know, it's not that good right now, what are just your general thoughts on it? And maybe it's, the instruction. It's different because I, I, I think when I was when, – when we were kids coming up, it didn't matter. The quality of umpiring, I, I don't think, was under as much scrutiny as it is now because I think <laughs> kids kids are treated like a commodity. Mm-hmm. With the amount of money that is at the professional level and, and the education, the cost of education that is taken away because you can play a sport and that's completely wiped off the table as far as the cost of education. So... Youth sports has now taken on this whole new vibe of, you know, your child is now a commodity. If I can get the, if I, if my child can be the best, mm-hmm. if he can be good enough, uh, you know, his education will be taken care of, or the parents themselves taken care of because their child's going to sign for mm-hmm. tens of millions of dollars as they think their child will be. Yeah. Um, obviously, sadly, we know through our experience that that's. Not the case, um, um, but you know, and and the, the the person standing in the way of that of their child is the umpire. Yeah, victim mentality. Yeah, of course. And so <laughs> um, it's much harder, I think, nowadays. And I, I think, and and because of that, you've got a shortage of people that want to do it. No one wants to go yeah. out there and, and screamed at and scrutinized. And could could I could I umpire? Uh, a youth game for 60, 70 bucks. I've done it. I've done it as recent as last year. But you know what? You reach a point, you're like, uh, no, thank you. Because, you know, money is money. But 
but not all money is good money. So the way people are treated and people behave nowadays, it's just very discouraging for anyone to get started or to continue to uh, progress. It's it's funny. I, I've had uh, people ask me who the toughest manager was I dealt with mm-hmm. through my years of experience and, and crazy stories. And, and I tell them that I, I, I've, I've umpired games where in one dugout was, was Mike Sosha, Bud Black. The other dugout was Ozzy Guillen. Um, and the list goes on. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the toughest people I dealt with were the parents in the in the stands <laughs> that thirteen year old baseball game I umpired oh, when I was mm-hmm. when I was seventeen years old? That you know? is, that's, and and that was <laughs> that's telling. Yeah, of a lot of things, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And uh, so, how can you expect a kid to to, to move forward with? It? I mean, it's just it's so frustrating. The numbers, well, everyone wants to complain about. Oh, this umpire! It's like it's a fourteen year old game. What do you expect right now? Like, come on, this kid's learning just like your kids are learning or, or whatever. And young adults. And, uh, I know you give back, you, you work with some umpire clinics, you work to improve guys who are trying to move up or get to the next level or just be the best they can at their level. And so tell me about that experience in working with, with some high school and and lower college umpires, but also what you did maybe a few, a few months ago where you worked out a clinic that was young umpires like kids in their teens right so yeah so uh, a couple of good friends of mine asked me to come up and and, and help out with them they, they run a umpire camp up in simi valley and uh a lot the majority of the of the campers or the kids that were there that day i would say age range from nine or ten to 16 or 17 and uh, we had about a hundred kids, hundred plus kids, and and uh, was utterly refreshing <laughs> to see kids of that age sharing in. They, they all umpired local youth ball, so it was it was cool to see their enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and that there was still and that there was an enthusiasm, mm-hmm. if at all, um, for this. And so it was cool to, to to hang out with them, and and it's funny. I never envisioned myself as an instructor or, but neither did I, or, uh, <laughs> you know, but get, getting the knowledge over the years, um, that you didn't know you were getting. Yeah. You, you were, I was so focused on the end on the end prize and, and, and working at the major league level and, and you don't realize the experience you get. And then, and then, Years later, getting asked questions and sharing that, and realizing that the impact that that has, sharing on the, on just the experiences, yeah, you know, um, has definitely definitely energized me. Mm-hmm. I think that you and I both could have and would have gotten to work college baseball without going to the minor leagues and work, spend time in the minor leagues. I think we could have both gone a different path and gotten there. However, I will say that being in the minor leagues is a very unique experience. We've already talked about a few things, the marathon, not a sprint. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the game in general. Um, you just, I, I think I wouldn't, it, it, it ended for me 
much quicker than I wanted it to. And I think a lot of guys, it happened <laughs> that way. But you know what? Transitioning into the college game was nice. It was a nice thing to have to go and to still do the job. And But that said, I would not trade my time in the minor leagues, nor, nor I'm sure would you. I mean, just being – there's days it sucks. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You reach dig, you dig deep, and you just you want to keep doing it because there's still a fire in there somewhere, even on the darkest of days when you're umpiring that you're just like, no, you, you got to grind. Next pitch, let's keep going, you know. So uh, having the minor leagues was, you know, professional baseball uh, was great, and the fact that you and I, you and I got to work it was two of the most fun summers I had is we got to go and work on affiliated minor minor league ball, basically, which is no aspirations. No one's going to get to the, you know, there's no path to the big leagues there for, for umpires for who've already been in affiliated ball, but we got to go and work and you talked about instructing and helping kids. It's a passion of yours or, you know, it was at that time and, and me and you got to work every night together and it was fun to, because my, my minor career ended a little quicker than I wanted. And so it got it was for me an opportunity to not only work with a good friend, but to get a few years back and to test my abilities too. And I mean, really improve upon myself. And that was a really fun couple of summers we got to work in uh, 17 and 18. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade. Those are my two favorite years in all of pro ball. You've had a lot more experience, but for me, those were, those were right up there. It was a fun time. It was, it was nice to, give back like I said you got so focused when you were in in minor league baseball you got so focused on trying to get to where you wanted to be and and you didn't realize that the knowledge you were getting until you were able to to, to share it with somebody and you realized the impact so to to take you know the, the idea of that league was to have either one or a couple seasoned umpires um kind of help along the young guy who wanted to move forward um, and get experience. So to, to, to work that league and to share those, you know, share the knowledge and, and, um, it was, it was great. And yeah, it was a good friend of ours who's now in the minor leagues. And I'm not going to say it's because of us because it's him. I will. He, <laughs> he, he did the work. He had to ultimately, he had to ultimately get there, but no, you, you did put him in the right direction. Uh, we're rooting for him now. I hope he's listening to this, but he's probably doing a uh, an Aztec. He's probably doing somewhere. some Snapchat yeah. video, some food or something. <laughs> guys, something. Look, guys, look at look this at is me driving in the car. Yeah, this, this is, is me in line somewhere. We didn't quite cover that that summer, but we'll we'll you know we'll just bust his balls in another way. But you know what? We had a situation in that first summer where. We had an opportunity, we'll say, to bring out our good friend, Bill Barnes. And for one month, it was... Your good friend. (laughs) This podcast, good friend. Uh, It was an opportunity to work 30 days with Bill, who we picked him up at the airport. Yeah, we we had a a situation (laughs) where the the young guy that we were bringing along uh, uh, just was not working out for him. Wasn't what he expected, and uh, we had to um, kind of make a change, um, which is okay. It yeah, was okay. It was uh, it was not. It was 
it was what it was, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we needed to fill a spot, and we brought uh, the only guy the left <laughs> on the list. I we had crossed off <laughs> so many names. We were desperate, and he was available. God, I can't. I mean, I <laughs> we uh, pick we pick up Bill Barnes at the airport, uh, wearing uh, no socks and a polo shirt, and having two bags over his shoulder. We, we take him to Wrigley Field. Say, hey, we're off today. We're going to Wrigley Field, watch the Cubs game. And uh, and then away we went after that. And Bill, it was uh, it was <laughs> it was fun working with Bill. I'll say that the three the three of us, uh, it was a great time. My my most fun stretch I've ever had. That was a great month. A lot of memories. Lot of memories, to say the least. Uh, but, <laughs> but let's get away from baseball for a second. Uh, big hobby of yours, a big uh, passion, a thing you are just itching to do. You do it. Every day downstairs in the living room, you swing the golf club. You want on that. You want on yeah. the golf course so bad. Yeah, you? sickness. <laughs> As I call it. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get out there. Got to. What What is it about golf? Because I play it. I enjoy it. I don't watch it on TV. I love following Phil Mickelson on social media, which you got me on too. Sure. But what What is it about golf for you? Is it an escape? Is it a uh, Pat, I mean, what is it? Why do you love it so much? It took me, obviously, <coughs> excuse me. Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> long pipe. Sorry. Um, the frustration in it. The sheer okay. athletic frustration <laughs> in trying to do something, you know, and, and be good at it. And uh, I think that it's, over the years, I've become more addicted to it because it's more solitary. It's more with yourself. Yes. It's not the team aspect and it's not, uh, you know, it's very, you're, you're trying to get better with yourself. And, and uh, obviously the getting outside and walking around, mm-hmm. beautiful scenery and, and, and hanging out with friends. Um, but uh, yeah, the sheer frustration and, and, and what I've the, where I've gone with it is just trying to not, not trying to be to have unreasonable expectations. Yeah, that's a good. Way but just be better than I was the previous time, mm-hmm. and uh, that quest for that is addicting. I tell you, I I'm a terrible golfer, as you know, and and I've gotten I do know <laughs> play a little bit. Uh, you know, I found all it, you you could play eighteen, but all it takes is one good shot. That brings you back. I always equate it to fishing. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that felt so good. I got to Like you're out there fishing and it's like, this is so boring. This is, <laughs> I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's great. You love it. It's nice to be up there kind of in solidarity, you know, solitary, just kind of by yourself and, and, uh, the scenery. But then you're kind of like, eventually it's like, all right. And all it takes is one fish. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. We should do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I haven't been out in a while. I know you haven't. And you, you are uh, <laughs> chomping at the bit, but yeah. what is? I, I know that for you, it's not only playing golf, but you found a way to also be on a golf course without playing golf and find a way to uh, be lucrative for you and to to also enjoy it. Yeah, I had a friend a couple of years ago that uh, had got a job as a caddy at a country club in Pasadena, and, and uh, he convinced me to come out and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, and was a little reluctant at first, um, but then uh, 
realized that it was just uh, taking care of people mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of a high-end server, if you will, <laughs> on a golf course. Customer service. And uh, fell in love with it. And uh, five years now, I've just, I, I, I love it. Mem- well, for- pretty fortunate that the membership at my club, uh, Club Annandale, mm-hmm. is the country club in Pasadena, California. And pretty fortunate uh, the membership is really great. Yeah. And uh, really enjoy being out there. And, and obviously, it's, and hang out with people, and, and obviously, not a bad office. No, not at all. It's, it's beautiful. You get a lot of, uh, you know, these days, that's that's your big exercise, really, built into your work with walking and carrying yeah. stuff and uh, just over the hills and everything. Yeah. So it's just, it really covers all the bases. Yeah, it's, I, I'm very, I, it's, that's kind of, the, I'm addicted to it. Yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> covers all the bases for you. So um, let's talk a phrase that you and I both hate um, and a phrase we love. There's a phrase, you talk about, he's a pro. Be a pro. That's always a very good thing. And it doesn't mean athletes only. It's just everything you do. And it doesn't have to be a professional athlete. It doesn't mean it just, it could be anybody. Not even sports related. No, not even at all. And and, and I'll talk about that in a second. But the the other phrase you and I hate because we were both in the minor leagues. We both uh, have been in professional sports is the term semi-pro. Semi-pro, it's like, what does that even mean? Right? I, don't even, I still to this day don't know what that means. <laughs> what is semi-pro? What is semi-professional? Yeah. yeah. It's like, is it professional or not? If it's not, it's black or white. Yeah. I don't I understand. Mean, hey, what are you going to make to the pros, right? You always were told in the minor leagues by family members, you're like, well, I'm in professional baseball. Yeah. I'm just not in right. the major leagues. You know, to me, the people working in the, the lower levels of – of the other sports, they're they're professionals too, and semi pro. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get it. It's it's I, a I never got it. It's a Will Ferrell movie, but it, it other than that, <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, I never got it. I I was you you're professional or not? Yeah, I don't know what semi. Yeah. <laughs> so so moving forward with that, your big phrase is be a pro. Like sure, that guy's a pro. Oh, he is not a pro. Like it's so simple, but. Go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on it, your yeah, famous phrase. For me, it was always, uh, lack of a better term, you know, it's more of the PC way of, of yes, yes. Uh, being a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just just doing the right thing, doing what the right thing to do is, right? And uh, not losing sight of the bigger picture mm-hmm. in what you're doing. And... Uh, and just again, just doing the right thing. I, uh, for lack of a better term, I. So many examples, but just, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a simple phrase that really has a simple, simple meaning. It's just, it's just do, like one of my favorite quotes is, "There's never a wrong time to do the right thing." Correct. And it's it just how you treat people. The respect you give to others, being a team guy, not right. – it could be a, a celebration type thing or just everything you do, the way you dress. That's it's, a big It's just one. being it's, – it's just not being selfish. Not being selfish. I like that. That's a, that's a very – that paints a clear picture to me. Yeah, we, we don't have enough time to get into the, <laughs> what encompasses being a pro. But I, to me, that's it. I, you know, I, I see so many examples every day, especially now – 
now in this culture, we're the social situation right now. Mm-hmm. You see people every day uh, going above and beyond to help each other, right? And uh, whether it be uh, sports related or not, yes, just socially, um, being a pro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it sounds sounds a little weird and dry and everything, but it's. You and I joke all the time. We'll see something on TV or we'll see something when we're out, and it's usually not sports related. A lot of it is just because, uh, in a lot of it, we joke from is from interviews guys give, things they say, things they they don't say. When you have the opportunity to do the right thing and you choose not to, that is the epitome of not being a pro because you are being selfish. You you had one shot or whatever it is, and you didn't do it. And that's just, it's frustrating in today's, today's day and age. I, I see it s- slowly sliding away, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, more often than not. And that's, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. Any, anything else, Mike? You, uh, I'll let you uh, ask a question or two here since we have a few minutes left on our segment here. Anything comes to mind? Why don't you pass that bottle over here? <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's uh, it, it's uh. No, no. I, I again, man. I just want to thank you for having me on. Um, nice sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It. Uh, I, I had to. I live with the guy, and uh, our room is our rooms are thankfully many many feet away. But it took it took me running a podcast to to have a drink with my my good buddy here. So. I'm hoping personally this episode doesn't record very well either. We have to redo it again. So, and even if we don't, we'll just we'll do it again. Hopefully, sometime <laughs> soon. Um, we'll keep it going. Uh, there's plenty to talk about, as as you always say. And uh, what are your thoughts on me doing this thing? I mean, it's I, I think got, it's great. Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. great. Honestly, I, no, I think okay. it's great. Uh, again, I. I wish you would promote this better. Well, I need a pro- uh, I need a promoter. Sounds like uh, no, you don't. You need to you need to step up and promote this. Mike is always telling me to promote myself more, and it's a uh, it's a daily I know, struggle. I know it's it's hard. It's hard to because uh, we mean like we talked about being a pro, and it's kind of this self ingrained thing where you're not being selfish, but. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a time to be excited about something and be like, I want to share this with everybody. Yeah, sure. And for me, this whole thing has just been an opportunity to speak a little bit. It's it's a lot more fun when you got someone to talk to. Uh, it makes it flow a little bit better. Like we, We're almost talking an hour here, and it's just flown by. And it feels like two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those three years of living together seems like a decade already. Give me that bottle again. <laughs> Oh man, it's been it's been a lot of fun, not just today, but for for all the years. And it is a it is a privilege more than you know for the umpires listening out there, but anyone in any field of work to be able to chat with Mike and Mike bounces questions off of me too. Uh, we're not umpiring a baseball game for about eleven months, we, we, but we still talk. We still have questions about what do you think of that. And we disagree. Disagreements are great. I talked about that a few days ago. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. It's just clarity over agreement. Like be as long as you're there's a respect, it's like, okay, well, you do it that way, I'll do it this way. But 
You know what I mean? It's it's fun no, to talk I, shop. I appreciate. I really, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, you know, I, I've 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 never been a guy that thinks there's one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better PC term, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, just just bouncing off ideas off each other, mm-hmm. points of view, uh, philosophies. Disagreements. It's not. It's. It's not a bad thing to get heated. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. It's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I. Uh, you want me to promote myself? Just start disagreeing with me, Mike, and, and I'll, I'll get. We'll get after it. I'll tell you right now. We will get after it. Let's uh, do it again. Let's get after it. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had. Uh, the, this new feature on this app here says we have five minutes left for. Until for this segment, so I'm learning as I go with everything here. Um, Way to go! You just yeah. told everyone we're trying to drag this. Yeah, out. not at all. No, I, we can cut it right now if you want, but you get you got a full <laughs> drink. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep talking when this ends. Uh, we're gonna keep things rolling. But Mike, I appreciate it. It's been fun to talk. I feel like it's New Year's Eve on Dick Clark. We're just trying to drag <laughs> shit out. Well, you know, you got well, to you know, three yeah. minutes to that ball up there. <laughs> So, reflecting on this year, uh, what's it been like? No, it's it's a blast. I I appreciate uh, the support. You've been a big mentor to me on a lot of areas. Not not and likewise. No, thank likewise. you, thank you. Not not all areas. We'll, we'll say that, but um, there's the, like we said, talk about subtle. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, Mike Jarbo, Matt Hersman, it's been fun talking about your journey. And it's, Thanks, I look forward to talking about it again. There'll be plenty more to talk about, uh, especially with this, this downtime, this dead time. And uh, if you're willing to make the journey across the hall, uh, we'll do this again. And uh... Let's do it again. No, seriously, let's do it again. Maybe Love next to time. chat more, get into it. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe next a little time. bit of a round table. Yeah, I'll some bring someone over. else in. Yeah, just a, just a big pile. And, yeah, uh, just get weird. Maybe, maybe bring the equipment downstairs. You know, uh, right? Downstairs yeah, so it's hot. a little more accessible to yeah. some of the activities. Sure. Shoot some pool, whatever. I don't know. Well, we've uh, rambled long enough. We hope this episode works this time after this is our second hour. We're only putting one out because the equipment broke down on us last time. But uh, everyone... Thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. You should be home already, safe, and just being bored like the rest of us. Continue to be safe. Yes. So continue to be safe. But if you are out doing anything, whatever you're doing, please get home safe.